This is Big Red Birdies with Nebraska golfers Lindsey Teal and Megan Whitaker on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Big Red Birdies here on 93.7 The Ticket. This is Megan Whitaker here with Lindsay Teal. And, yeah, we've got another fun show. Yes. Um, we've been in just our off-season practice again. I think this is our second week of it, um, mm-hmm. as we've kind of recapped in the past few weeks. But, yeah, we're just doing a lot of swing training stuff, a lot of um, just building athleticism and honing in our athleticism. Um to try and increase swing speed and rhythm and stuff like that. Um, a lot of strength training and weights and conditioning and we're in full force for off season. Yeah. So. Yeah. We've started doing, uh, what is it? Dr. Kwan, his mm-hmm. rope, his rope program. Um, so multiple times a week we're doing some rope swings to try to gain some club head speed. And I think it's, it's already working for both of us for yeah, sure. I think it's paid off for most of the team. I think, I don't even think it's an exaggeration. I would say maybe five to 10 yards Mm -hmm. in the past two weeks, which that's such a quick change. I don't know how it, there are real results from these rope swings. And it's been good that, and we've been doing just a lot of strength training with the swing and resistance training and stuff like that. So it's been a very productive off season so far. And I would say I'm just really proud of just as a team, I think how bought in everybody is so early in the off season um, I think sometimes you can get to off season and it's really easy to just almost go from, I think the danger is just going from a hundred to zero mm-hmm. almost. And you just think I need a break. I need to just take a little bit of time off, um, which is a good thing. And we did take, we got to take a week or so, but I think our whole team is just very, very bought in and so excited for the spring when yeah. our spring season comes and it's, it's really showing in the work that we're putting in. Yeah. Yeah. It's been very impressive. I think everybody's working so hard, especially in the weight room. I mean, we can see that for sure. And all of us have already gained distance, which is awesome. And I think we still have uh, three or four more weeks of off-season stuff before we'll go home for Christmas. So Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, still lots of time to get ready before February when we kick back up. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to keep being productive, keep hitting the weight room and yeah, it'll be a good, a good off-season. Today though, we're going to kind of switch gears a little bit. Um, Last week we had one of Megan's coaches on here. And in addition to this, we've made this pretty much a golf show so far. Mm -hmm. Um, But another part of the show is just you guys can get to know me and Megan a little bit and just see a different side of us um, when we're off the golf course. So I thought it'd be awesome to bring in one of my former coaches um, and just a guy who's been super influential to me um, when I was younger. And as you guys know, um, me and Megan both played multiple sports. And so um, there was a time in there where I was really trying to decide, uh, between basketball and golf. And it was a very hard process for me. And ultimately, um, with some injuries and stuff like that, the direction it, it took me was golf. Um, and I do think I'm in the right place and that's where I'm supposed to be. But, um, for a few years in there, I was playing club basketball for, um, this coach and he was just very, very influential in me being able to continue to play both sports at a high level. Um, and I just felt very supported by him in doing that. So I wanted to bring him on the show and just talk about a lot about, um, 
the importance of multi-sports and um, building athleticism in different areas and how that can help you in your sport of choice. So my coach, Tim Verida, is on here today, and he was my club basketball coach, uh, let's see, I believe from sixth to eighth grade was the last year I played for you. Yeah, I would say five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, maybe four years in there. After after eighth grade, you played, and then I think... And then I was injured, yeah. and that was the end of that. <laughs> you were going to play again in ninth grade, but... I was. That's okay, though. I know. It all worked out. It all worked out very well for you. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for being on here. We're excited to have you on the show. Absolutely. Nice to nice to be here. Let's talk about some things. Megan, nice to meet you. Yeah. Um, fire away. Yeah. Well, let's first just talk about where you're at now and the coaching that you're doing now, just to give the listeners a little background. Uh, so I am currently the girls basketball coach at Lincoln Southwest High School. Um, in my second year as being a head coach, I was assistant for five years before that. Um, I took three years off prior to that. And then uh, early, early on, I spent 22 years at Weber Claytonia coaching the boys. Um, so I lived that world, uh, moved over with obviously having daughters um, into coaching youth girls uh, as I was coaching the boys. And then uh, ultimately uh, back into high school and coaching girls. Um, and a lot of it had to do with uh, – the young kids that I was able to work with, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how, so you've coached now, how many years total? That's, that's uh, a lot of years. Megan, are you calling me out on my age? Here? No. <laughs> uh, uh, Megan, I got to touch base real quick before we get into too much. Uh, your mom and my wife were actually roommates in college. I don't know if she had told you she, that. She told, I actually okay, texted she, her about that the other day. Gotcha. Yeah. I was just um, hearing about that the other yes, day, too. What so, a small world. Yes, it is such a small world. But back to what you said, uh, 32 years of teaching. So, uh, honestly, uh, I took three years off to just be dad when uh, Alex was a freshman, sophomore, junior in high school, and then got back into it when uh, Emerson was a freshman and Alex was a, a senior. Coach Rump uh, was very gracious at Lincoln Southwest to uh, welcome me into the program and Actually, uh, long story short, Alex made a made a move to go from Southeast to Southwest High School, and um, we had a, a dream season that first year when I was an assistant. Uh, Emerson started as a freshman at the point, and Alex was uh, uh, obviously a, a dominant player and made a run uh, and won the state tournament. It was one of those things where nobody expected it. We, you know, I don't think anybody outside of our locker room, uh, wow. some people in our locker room might not have expected. I remember it, but, that game, but it was a it was a fun run. Yeah. What made you decide to get into coaching? Um, way back when, uh, I grew up in Fremont, and the the people that I was around, um, I was around Chip Ball. His dad was the athletic director at Fremont High, so we had keys to the high school at, at a young age. We were going, and I probably shouldn't say this out loud, but we were going mm-hmm. to the high school on our own, uh, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, and we would go up there, you know, and get into the gym and get everything mm. possible out and and just have our way. And we just had to get a put back. So uh, he was the athletic director. Um, Jerry Godowski moved to town when we were uh, sixth graders. His dad was a football coach. Uh, my dad hung around those guys. Um, coach Applegate, a longtime legendary track coach, uh, was Andy. His boy Andy was in my class. I had a lot of guys that had dads that were coaches, so I spent a lot of time around them. Hmm. We also spent a great deal of time at the YMCA in Fremont, uh, which is a, a huge YMCA. But the people there, uh, ultimately when I went to school, I thought I wanted to to work at a Y or run a, a rec center or one of those things. Um, hmm. And ultimately ended up uh, you know, channeling it to uh, teaching, which allowed the option to do some coaching. 
Um, when I first went to Wilbur Claytonia, I was coaching. Uh, I was assistant basketball coach when I got there. Uh, I was assistant football coach and assistant track coach. So um, that's that's all I knew was mm-hmm. to do everything. Mm-hmm. You know, when we we talked our our boys into doing everything, and and the girl athletes started to get on board in time and and things like that. So um, as a kid, I grew up doing everything. Um, any games that we played in the street or at somebody's house, um, you know, we would make up games, but, but we were, uh, football, basketball, baseball kids, and there wasn't high school baseball then. So it was, it was track I was a terrible track kid, but I was out for track through ninth grade, uh, just because that's what everybody did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the whole group that I ran with did the same thing. So, um, you know, I thought the, the multi thing at that age, but back to the coaching, just have a great people uh, another guy jerry donahue who was a an assistant football coach um who i still see at track meets now mm-hmm. um but it's just great to talk to those people and and they've kind of formed what i do and i got a lot of good friends in the coaching world um it's its own little fraternity and i know that sounds weird um but you miss when you're not in it you miss being around the people and, and this is going to mm-hmm. sound really weird Lindsay, because you know how i was with officials back then <laughs> um but you miss being around the officials and being around the game and and just that whole world um is really unique unless yeah. you guys know because you're in the sports world you grew up that way too um but if people aren't they they don't know uh, really what you guys go through and and what we're talking about in some senses yeah. yeah, it's a special world. I think I think you find that with any sport. And at the youth level, too, there's just so many connections with people and you just meet so many good people and so many friends. And I know we used to talk about that a lot and my family still talks about that to this day of like all the families we met through youth sports oh, that yeah. we wouldn't have met if we didn't get into that. So Absolutely. And it's it becomes its own little world. Yeah. Um, and and just tying all the things together of, uh, you know, sports world. Now your mom and my wife, you know, things like that. The people that I've seen and, and talked to. Uh, I got to brag about Lindsay here real quick. It's Lindsay's one of the neatest people around, Megan. Obviously, you already know that. But uh, talk about a kid that that is top notch in all categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine, Marty Ramsey, ha- had seen her at the golf course. And she said Marty said he probably hadn't seen her in three or four years. And he comes rolling in and goes up to the pro shop and does whatever. And uh, Lindsay happens to be working. And he recognized Lindsay, but he's like, right away, hi, Mr. Ramsey, how are you? So that just tells you, you know, how Lindsay is as a person. So that's that's what's been neat for me to follow as she went from playing for me to all the things she did high school-wise. And then, obviously, now into what you guys are doing in the – uh, in the golf world, which is is great things, by the way. Hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah, that's very you. nice. What? Um, still going back to the coaching because uh-huh. I think yeah. just being coached by you and everything I learned from you, so much of it translates to even what we're learning in golf now. And I still tell myself and remember some of the same things that you would tell us with basketball. Um, what's kind of the main thing that you're trying to teach or push when you're coaching someone, whether it's youth uh-huh. or high school? Well, a handful of things go into that in its regard. Um, whether you're talking about a team sport like uh, basketball or volleyball or things mm-hmm. like that, or uh, I'm back to coaching our high jumpers now oh, yeah. um, at Southwest. And if it's an individual sport like the world you guys live in, um, we try to tell, tell kids that uh, top priority is hard work. And it's, if, you, if you think it's easy, you're probably not doing it right. 
Um, you have to work hard. Uh, you have to enjoy what you're doing. Um, those things combined hopefully will attribute to some successes along the way. Um, but if you're not enjoying what you're doing, um, there's probably a problem. Um, I think we're seeing that uh, around with some of the youth sports things. The numbers continue to increase of kids that stop playing sports sooner mm, yeah. um, along with the number of kids that, and I know this was one of the things that, that we had talked about a little bit before the show, of kids that are starting to channel all their efforts into one thing instead of being a multi-sport kid. Um, yeah. We were lucky enough at Southwest to have some kids that were, uh, they have to buy in, number one, and they have to believe it's okay. Uh, Emma for example, who is a uh, all-ACC softball player right now, she was perfectly content being a role player on our basketball team, but she was as competitive as they come. Mm. And um, Kaylin Christiansky was another kid who was okay not being the best at a sport, but was a contributor and a great locker room kid and, and kids that help that state tournament team yeah. be successful. But now going back to what we were talking about, of kids channeling that energy into one thing. And unfortunately, that comes from the people that they're dealing with and working with um, as far as coaches. Um, a lot of the clubs are now businesses. Yeah. Um, where when we were doing it, it was um, nickel and dime to get us yeah. enough entry <laughs> fees and, and things like that, uh, a 501C. So it wasn't, there was zero. So you have that. You have parents that, and we've always had parents that envision their kid as the next Division One hmm. something. Mm -hmm. um, so those are always going to be around. Um, we don't allow kids anymore to learn to do things on their own. Um, we schedule their whole week for them. We schedule mm -hmm. their practice. We schedule their skills. We schedule their fundamentals. We schedule all these things for them. They never get to go just what we use the term go play, yeah. Go yeah. create a game in the go, go create a game in the dirt, yeah. Go play kick the can, just do those things because and I'm and I'm going in a lot of circles here and I apologize but um, going back to the kids that I grew up with, um, I said we played everything, but we also hated to lose at anything. Yeah, we would play cards. And guys would get mad because they don't win. And, you know, yeah. even we would play pitch and, and we would get a bag of sunflower seeds and <laughs> and some uh, two liter bottles of Coca-Cola. You know, back then you could do that and have to spend your two dollars and, <laughs> and have, you know, everything and go play cards for four hours. Yeah. But it was, you know, you would we would end up getting in fights over card games, but nobody wanted to lose. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is some of the neat traits about some of the kids I have now. Uh, over at Southwest, Kenny Williams, for example, um, and Anaya Seymour and Brady Chris, they're kids that they, I don't, I tell them they don't enjoy winning enough, but they really, really hate to lose, which is you guys as athletes and, and mentally tough people understand that, but I wish they would enjoy winning more. I don't want them to lose the edge of, of hating to lose. Yeah. Um, but talking back to, uh, being happy and enjoying what you're doing. They enjoy it, but it, I, I wish they would enjoy the winning part more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know how you yeah. can get kids to do that. I hate to take the other part away. No, um, no, that's it, a, 
that's a really true part though and we've talked about that before even just in how we grew up and I know in my family with sisters around all the time and us being competitive in different sports there was always a competition on the line or a game on the line for something or someone for laundry or for the dishes or whatever the next chore was um and I know you have similar Mm -hmm. experiences with your brother at home you've talked about too Yeah. How do you create a competitive, do you create competitive environments every day at practice as best you can? We do. um, You know, it's one of those deals where uh, our numbers are down a little bit, which uh, remind me later and I'll talk about numbers in in high school sports a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, But in, in each drill, in each segment that we have, we try to have something that involves a competitive nature to it whether it's a rebounding drill or a three-on-three drill that we were doing. Um, you know, losers do push-ups. There's some accountability, which, again, you guys know yeah. that part of it. But there's there's accountability with everything that you do. And if you can make that be something that they're striving to get to, it's not the end-all, be-all in practice because we're trying to get better. But once we've kind of honed in on certain skills and, and there's no mystery to what we're trying to do, then we turn it into a competitive nature in little bits and pieces. So when it becomes big picture, then that part's easy. We want the games yeah. to be easier than practice. Yeah. So that's why we make our practices probably hard. And it's, uh, it's not for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> that can, that can be applied to so many sports too. We talk about the same thing and our coaches do the same thing for us on the golf course where we'll have a drill and it's so tough mm-hmm. or we're hitting from the rough the entire time, or we're doing this with a teammate, like a worse ball scramble or whatever it is and it's so hard that day that we're doing it but then yeah the design is that it gets us to slow down our heart rate to slow down a little bit once we're in tournament because we've already been through worse situation before yeah Yeah. yep imagine they put you in situations that are worse than you put yourselves in on the course yeah but they want to make you overthink things in that setting so when it gets into the real life situation the problem solving is easy the problem solving is done now it's just a matter of doing what's routine yeah yeah i've always said i think you could coach any sport you could come be a golf coach. You could do <laughs> so much of what you teach just applies to golf. so much. I can't play golf, Lindsay. <laughs> That's okay, though. That's yeah, okay. So, um, it, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to cut to break here quick for a quick commercial break, but we will be back um, with our next segment. This is Lindsay Teal and Megan Whitaker here with our guest, Coach Tim Berda, um, on Big Red Birdies here at 93.7 The Ticket.